Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, we have Jennifer Barner from Lighthouse Ventures. She is doing some amazing things. And what I think I appreciated most about this today's interview was that she, like many of us, sometimes takes some time to get that first deal underway. It took her six months to get that first deal you know, underway and really moving on that. And then she's been able to accelerate her business. She's been able to do 15 flips in the last eight months. And she's been able to do this through partnerships. So I think what we appreciate most about today's interview is that, you know, Jennifer's got a great story. She shares kind of how she got get going and then, you know, what she's up to now. But we talk a lot about partnerships and the value of partnerships. So enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. We have Jennifer Barner on our show today. Jennifer, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel um, blessed and honored to be here today. We're blessed and honored to have you on this show here. We're, we're going to jump into your story here in a moment. Jennifer's got so many different things happening, going on. I just can't wait to dive into her story here. Uh, we, we'd like to always welcome all you amazing ladies listening. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for helping us grow this community. And we'll give a, a shameless plug. If you like our show, get over to iTunes, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, that's how more people can kind of like, you know, hear about this and, and it kind of gets to the top of the list and all those sort of things. So we would really appreciate if you guys can leave a guys, ladies, excuse me, leave a review on our, uh, on the iTunes kind of, you know, feed, so to speak. Um, but as we do, we'd like to kind of get going, kind of get connected to all of you and share maybe an aha we've had in the last week, which I, I have many of them, right? I have the many on a daily. What week. happened? <laughs> you know, Andres, I'm really enjoying the book uh, that you gave me that take control of your life by Mel Robbins. Okay. And I really always listen to music when I run because I'm like, I need all the motivation I can get because it's really hot here in the Northeast. But the other day, I'm like, let me just listen to her because she's really motivating. And I, I'm so appreciative of it. It really actually was very motivating because I haven't ran and listened to personal growth in a while. So I always think I just need music. So anyway, she was getting into how we should embrace no. And I remember mm -hmm. that from my sales days, you know, how you know, no is really a good thing. And, but she gave it in such a neat perspective. She gave an example, Kevin Hart, who is a comedian. Many of you have heard of him. I mean, if you haven't heard of him, yeah, living under a rock. He's from he, Philly, if I'm not mistaken. It, oh, really? I didn't know he was from Philly. Mm -hmm. He goes into this whole thing. She, she went through the story. I'm not going to tell you all now, but basically he got over 3,000 no's on his God. becoming a successful comedian. And I, I thought to myself, and, and I was interviewed the other day on a podcast and I said, what's your secret to success? I'm like, I don't know if I have a secret, but I don't give up. We don't give up. I just keep trying something new. So ladies listening, you're probably getting stopped somewhere in your business, in your investing life. Maybe you're putting out a lot of offers. They're not getting accepted. Maybe your contractors frustrating you. Maybe, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you're getting stopped. Just know that the, the, the word no and getting stopped is actually a good thing. You want to get a lot of them out of the way because the yes is going to come. But we always, sometimes yeah. we stop and then we don't get the yes or we don't get the opportunity because you stop too soon. So don't give up. Yeah. Getting yeah. Or we don't even, we don't even try because we are fearful to receive the no. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. So it's not easy to get no's. We want to be liked. We want to get yeses. Andres and I have a few women we've been working really hard on uh, to, to get on our <laughs> And I've gotten like, you know, we just, I haven't gotten a yes yet, but I'm not giving up. I put it in my calendar and I'm like, no, we're going to interview her. We're going to get her on our show. Oh yes. Gonna, yeah, it's going to yes. happen in due time. So without further ado, yeah. so take that into your world. You know, don't give up on no's. Be excited by them. Ex- you know, get them into your world and be excited by them. So without further ado, Jennifer, as we transition into um, our interview with you, which we're really appreciative of, we always like to ask the ladies that we interview, what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Because uh, it's, an, it's a different answer for all of us, right? What motivates us to, to jump into this? And I know that you got involved later in your tenure in t- terms of your career. So love to hear your story. What propelled you to uh, get involved in real estate investing? Okay. Well, um, again, thank you for having me on. Um, Back in 2008, when the stock market crashed, I noticed that half of our nest egg went with it. And as a financial, I have a financial degree, and it really bothered me that I wasn't more engaged in taking care of our nest egg. So at that time, I just, we had a heart to heart, my husband and I, and concluded that we need to do better. I need to do better. And what are some ways that I can regrow our nest egg and and become active in that? So I took back over our finances and a girlfriend just happened to mention that this this guy was coming in town. Um, Would I like to go with her? It was a real estate seminar. And I thought, I don't know. I don't even, I, I don't know anything about real estate. Why not? So I went to a rich dad conference that came through and just thought, oh my gosh, is this an answer to a prayer? So I went and gosh, it's just been a fun ride. It, there's been lots of no's <laughs> to your point, but it's part of the journey. So I'm just trying to rebuild what we um, lost and um, keep us on the path to get us to financial freedom, like everybody, right? Yes, absolutely. And one thing that I'm hearing from you is that you had a financial degree, right? So for a lot of the ladies that are are out there, that that did not prevent you to really face hard times. So our degrees, I always say I have two master's degrees. That did not prevent me from my contractor to walking away with $21,000. $21,000. So the degrees and the, the background, we need to use them to our advantage, but they do not prevent us from the lessons <laughs> that are about to happen in real estate. Right? It's so, so true. Yeah. And for all you people out there investing in the stock market, something you should know is you can put finance, you can put stock market stops. It's called a stop. And I just assumed that my financial advisor had all those in there. Mm. And I woke up like everybody else to realize he didn't put anything in there to protect our nest egg. And I knew that those were, those are possible to protect what you built, you know? And so it was just, it was unfortunate, but I hope other people can learn from my mistake and giving control over to somebody else. But um, yeah, to your point, a degree does not guarantee success, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. walk me through from that type, that, that time in your life that 
you guys lost it, uh, you know, your, your, your nest to the first deal. How was the first deal? Was it a single family, a duplex? Talk to me about it. Yeah. So when you're going through the rich dad program, it's like taking information through a fire hose. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have one year to get all of this information in your brain before you're, you lose out on any access to that information. So I'm just taking it in as fast as I can, you know, morning to night, listening to all these webinars. But I realized, okay, I'm six months in and I still haven't done a single thing. So we have this money sitting over in an IRA and I knew that I could deploy that and I didn't have to put it back in the stock market that I actually could buy real estate. So um, I was a little overwhelmed with the thought of I got to find a house, right? Mm. So I honed in on an area that I knew another investor had had success in. And so from that, I really got to know an area and was really watching the things that, um, just watching Zillow and Truly and all these, what was coming on the market. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, every single house I kept getting beat out on by $20,000. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get a house. So about six weeks into it, I just finally said, I am buying a house. Gosh darn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I saw it. a house. I saw a house and I offered the guy full listing price. I didn't care. And my agent was kind of freaked out. She's like, you never offer full price. I'm like, I am getting this house. I don't care. (laughs) So out went all my knowledge about how to negotiate, how to live by the 1% rule, because Mm -hmm. I was buying a rental. So needless to say, I did get that house. Um, I'm glad I did it but it wasn't going to get the return that everybody seeks when they're investing in real estate. So, but that also propelled me to have the confidence on my next deal to be more patient, to negotiate, um, also to watch for a, a good deal and, and also not be locked in when, with one particular agent, because that's something else I made the mistake of, even though they tell you, don't sign just an exclusive buyer's agent. You don't have to do that. But I felt compelled. My friend was kind of pushing me that I had to do this with her. So, you know, there were lots of little lessons through that first transaction, but I'm glad I did it because it got me in the game. Absolutely. And if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting for like this perfect fill in the blank, sometimes we just don't get it. So that's wonderful. So you, so you got, and that was a, that was a rental or that was a, that was a rental? That was a rental. Yeah. And my next two were rentals also and used my IRA funds. And, you know, I look back at that because some people said, well, you should have put a loan on that to maximize your money. Um, So you could leverage your mother money and take it further. Mm -hmm. So looking back, I should have done that because I could have more properties in my portfolio instead of buying them outright. But again, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And you're taking yes. in all this information as fast as you can. And at my age, I'm just not retaining it as much as I'd like. <laughs> so it is what it is. 
But you know, you also did, regardless, people, I love people though, you know, <laughs> these are the people that don't own any property or, or just, I don't know, sometimes people give you like, oh, you should have done this. And I'm like, you know, you look at their, what they've accomplished. And I'm like, you know, thank you for your input, but <laughs> <laughs> just we're, we're good. But with regards to the other piece of it is that you've built your track record. You are building your track record. And it's not sometimes just about the money we make or uh, you know, this amazing, you know, you're, you're building your, you know, what you can start telling other people you've done. Mm-hmm. That's huge yeah. in this business. So you can mm-hmm. propel you propel you into other things, which I know you've done what 15 flips this year so far. Uh, so yeah. I, I, so that, and, 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 you know, you've obviously positioned yourself as someone who can get deals done, which may mm-hmm. not have happened, right. If, if you didn't do yeah. those first initial ones, whether you maximize it, you're not, I mean, we, we all can go through all those projects and say, we could have done this, we could have done that, but you did it. So let's go there in terms of flips. I mean, right now in the market, you know, if you ask an investor who does flips and does multis, I mean, we do both. What's, you know, it's hard to buy property right now. Not hard, but it's, the deals are fewer and far between. And folks getting the great deals right now have probably built up a marketing machine. You know, they've really built up this, this ability to get in front of other people to to get better deals versus just the MLS which, you know, back in the day you probably could have done. So I'm curious, how have you been able to, to you know, find these, these flips, finance them, grow that, that part of your business? And I know you're also involved in, in multifamily. We'll, we'll go there as well. But let's stay with, stay with the flips, especially in this market of today where, yeah. you know, good deals are fewer and far between. Yeah. So I didn't have any access to market. I mean, I tried the handwritten letters, Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't have any success with that. So I thought I'm going to have to find somebody that, um, actually what I did is I went out to Facebook and you know how there's all these different groups. Um, there's wholesale groups, there's, um, auction properties. So I went out there and I must've selected the right button because somebody immediately called me and said, Hey, I live in the area you know, what are you looking for? So I told them specifically what I was looking for. And from that, we got together for coffee and, you know, it, it became, um, it, it just worked. He said he, he buys houses off the courthouse steps. Mm. What a beautiful thing. And so I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get back in this game because the multifamily wasn't really panning out. It's just gotten really exclusive and tougher to find a deal. So this door just opened up. So I thought, why not? He's got a crew. Um, I'll just, I've got the funds. I pulled out a heat lock on our home and was able to pay cash on the property right there. So from that though, um, I had other people that I was networking front with and they said, well, let me put you in touch with somebody else. They, they do a lot of wholesale business. So it's just from word of mouth of me getting back in the game of flipping that all these doors have opened up with wholesalers. And I don't know why that they've all of a sudden opened up because they weren't there two years ago. Mm. Um, to me, it was a sign that I'm supposed to be back over in this space, building a crew up so that when I get my multifamily property, I already have the systems in place and the crews in place to get it done. So I love, I love what you're saying because you just said they were not there uh, two years ago. 
And I always, I had this conversation with a coach another day because uh, I'm taking this training and I heard this word, one specific word for the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh, so excited about this new term. And he said, is this the first time that you heard about it? And I was like, <laughs> so you're saying that... This word was mentioned before in all the previous trainings. He's like, yes. So here's why I'm saying that. Sometimes we are the ones not ready for it. And I think you are so, so ready right now to get back in the game. And then the things are showing up. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is like a, a miracle. Oh, I met this person. I met that person. But I think that. You are the one that is now ready to see, to hear, to connect. And it's really like magical. Like, oh my God, if I didn't go to this place, I wouldn't have met that person who connect me with the other person. So I, I give credits to you actually, Jennifer, because when you said, I am going back to this game and I am putting for a full price offer on this property because the longer I take to do not do a deal, higher the chances that I will not do the deal. And that's not my goal. So kudos right. to you on this. And I also want to highlight you surrounding yourself with people that you don't need to go to the courthouse yourself to figure out how, how does that work? You kind of connect it with other folks that are doing specializing in other things that are bringing the deal to you. So that is, that is what I believe, not the secret, but it's a great recipe, I would say to get things moving. Yeah. So yeah. In, in 18 months, you did 15 deals. Well, no. So since January, I've done 15 flips. There you go. So how many months we are in eight months <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's been a wild ride I'm telling you to your point though I realized that I didn't have to have all the skill sets to do this business yes all I needed was somebody that was smarter and had already had the wisdom in a space and be willing to pay him for his service and his knowledge and as soon as I was able to say you know what He's got the crew. He's got the knowledge. If I pay him for it, I'm going to be better in the end. Whether or not he took part of my profit or not, I'm still going to make something off the deal. So why not just do the deal? And oh not my gosh. Your stuff. We should hashtag that. Name is <laughs> <laughs> Secret Sauce. <laughs> no, but you know, it's your energy too, though. And I think what you're saying, Justin, makes so much sense. I mean, you know, we're, we're looking for a... Um, a YouTube uh, specialist, someone who really knows YouTube. And as I'm going on these, you know, Upwork and this, I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to find the perfect person. Because if I go in, if you go into things saying, I'm not going to find that wholesaler, there's no deals. Um, I'm not going to find the money. What's going to happen? I mean, I know we, I know we, it seems so basic, but it really is the reality. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to find the best person. And within a half hour, I read this guy's profile. I'm like, that is our guy. And I sent him a message. He didn't even seek me out. I sent him a message. Within a half hour, he sent me back a note and said, I read your post on what you're looking for. I read it. And I'm like, that is me. We should talk. And I'm like, wow. I know. And he's all the way That's in. Awesome. He's an 
yeah, I love the guy, you know, I haven't talked to him yet. Wow. I love everybody, but regardless, <laughs> I him a bit more, but regardless, I, I went into it saying, I'm going to find someone great who could help us grow our YouTube channel. Jennifer, you went into it saying, and feeling that energy of like, this is the right time. I don't need mm -hmm. to do everything. I need to find my, I need to have smarter people around me who can do this and do that. And I can keep a pie accountable to them, but we're going to partner yeah. and I'm going to take a right. profit. Right. So, I love that because it's energy we, we put into it. So, so is he, so you have somebody who's finding you the deals, they're managing the project, you're financing them. Do you, are they all local? Do you go out and, you know, do a site, uh, you know, walk through every week? Like, what is that kind of like management piece? Cause that's, well, that's rubber meets uh, the road, right? With flips. Well, yeah, no. So what happened though, um, I got introduced to somebody. So I hired another coach in the multifamily space mm -hmm. because um, a couple years ago, I got burnt out like you address that from a mm -hmm. contractor. And I just decided I'm not doing that again. So that cut off my desire to do flips. That was two years ago. So I got into the multifamily space. And in the meantime, through connections, I got connected to somebody that was looking for a multifamily property here in town. And we just decided, hey, let's, he had a crew. And I said, well, gosh, I just bought a house. Um, maybe we can partner up on this. So what happened is I've got the whole, the foreclosure specialist. Now I've got a guy that has crews, multiple crews. And then I got this wholesaler calling me. So all of a sudden I've got lots of opportunities that the deal flow is coming in. And now that I've can partner with somebody that's got contractors, uh, he and I, we didn't even see this coming. We were not looking for this. It just kind of came together. And he and I have formed a beautiful partnership. And together, we're taking it on all these different deals. So the one that I initially started with, he still brings me deals regularly, but I'm not using him to contract or do the work per right. se. So my partner and I, we are managing our crew or crews, depending on how many jobs we've got going at the same time. But um, he also knew somebody that had money and he had been kind of talking to him for several years. And this guy finally was ready to partner with us. And so he's kind of been the, the source to fund all of these deals because I alone couldn't take on everything we're doing right now. But it's just like I said, Adressa, to your point, um, when you open up your mind to other people and being will willing to split the pie with other people, all of a sudden the doors open up and there's, there's other opportunities out there. So. Yeah. So talking about those partnerships, you know, we all talk about um, sharing and everything else. On the other side of the coin, we also need to be careful with those partnerships. So tell me, what did you put in place or how did you select your partners? How did you make a, a clear decision about how to partner up, how to structure the deal? Well, those are good questions because my first partner that I had two years ago when I was flipping with him we had looked at properties for six months and, or actually it wasn't six months, it was more like three months. 
And I thought I knew the guy and I thought we had a great friendship to, to actually go into a partnership with. Mm-hmm. And then he burnt, he walked away and left me hanging and I had to pay him off to make that whole deal um, actually come together so I could sell the property. So I was really um, not looking for a partnership. But what ended up happening, because he was part of this multifamily mentorship um, coaching program that I was part of, we were already being fed the same information, how to run deals. We were already over here in a different space in multifamily. And I don't know, it just worked really well. Um, he had the same work ethic as I do. He runs, you know, 110 miles an hour. So I think it's important to find those people that have such audacious goals like yourself that, um, propel you through the hard times and that have the faith and the, um, desire to just keep pushing even when things don't go right on a flip, you know? Yeah. Being able to have the right mental mindset. And he's just so positive that when we we're kind of each other's cheerleader, so to speak. So mm-hmm. it's again, I wasn't looking for a partnership. It's just, it worked out. We just decided, Hey, let's try this. And I think he was a little nervous about going into it. And I was too, but mm-hmm. about our third or fourth deal together, yeah. we're like, why don't we just do this together? And yeah. We, he just folded into my LLC that I already had. Um, and then we put that LLC in front of a lawyer to make sure it was all solid. And so we do minutes. We keep our um, amendments. So as, we, as we're making decisions on our LLC, mm-hmm. we make sure we, we uh, record those because it's so important. No, no partnership is going to stay together forever. I mean, people have lives. And they go in separate directions. You know, sometimes our goals change depending mm-hmm. on where we're at in life. So it's important. And we had all those hard conversations at the very beginning. So that's also made it so much easier. Um, he actually has went back to work full time. And okay. so it's given me a lot more responsibility. I've hired a project manager as well as a bookkeeper to help take the load off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we continue to have really um, authentic conversations with one another in terms of how are you feeling about the situation? Um, you know, cause it is a balance, you know, and um, you just want to make sure you're having those conversations instead of sliding them under the rug and hoping they go away. Yeah, so. they don't. They come to the surface. <laughs> Something that I'm dressed and I do every month we have, um, you know, we're both involved in different things, our own businesses, our own stuff. And then we have the investor kind of community and podcasts and all the stuff that we're creating. And once a month, we have a strategic meeting. And this is a meeting we have a lot on the agenda. Usually we have like 25 things, right? <laughs> yes. But, but it's, it's, it's work on the relationship, not just in it. Yes. And things always seem to come up that had nothing to do with the agenda. Exactly. Like the I last screw one. my agenda. I screw <laughs> like the last one. But it was really, really a healthy conversation for us to get aligned as partners and, you know, to really to be aligned. Because if you're not aligned, you know, you're not going to go in the same direction. But what I would encourage the women listening is to actually schedule time 
like quality time with your partner. In other words, whether it's a once a month dinner or a lunch, it's not this like weekly call. You have weekly calls. What are you going to do? It's tasky. It's let's get through this. have a million things to do. It's not like, how's your day? How are your kids? Uh, What's coming up for you today? No, you're like, let's get this (laughs) stuff done so I can get onto my 95 million things on my to-do list, right? Especially as women. So I just highly encourage you to schedule that time. It's like really strategic and it's like important, not urgent, but it's critical. It's critical because then what ends up happening is stuff comes up. You don't talk about it. And one little thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing. And then we know how that goes in relationships just blows up. And then the little thing has really been dealt with, but it's not a little thing anymore. It's like a big thing. And now the big thing's like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to say keep you as a partner. And you can have avoided that had you talked about the little thing, not the big thing. So I'm not an expert, but from partnerships working and not working, I can tell you that that's a recipe for, well, he's helping you down that path. Uh, That's great advice. I love that. Yeah. And he has, you mentioned that he has been through the same training as you, right? Yes. So we're being coached by the same person, person. multifamily. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And that's been really helpful. Yeah, he tells that he's looking to growth. For me, I I don't think I could deal with with somebody that it's not always looking to grow. And now that you're going to become somebody else, I just want to become the best version of myself. And the day that I, I stop learning and growing, come on, I'm dead. So like my partnership with Liz, it's very solid to the sense that she knows when I'm off. And I know when she's off and we don't avoid having delicate, I would say conversation, rough conversations. And I think that for all the ladies that are listening out there, if there is something in your mind that doesn't get out of your mind, that needs to go through your mouth somehow and really have the heart to heart conversation. It's not about avoiding conflict. It's looking at, different perspectives as how can we grow as a company and our partnership. I'm telling you, every time that Liz and I have a rough conversation, I feel that our partnership gets stronger Yeah, because we can deal with whatever situation in our business or personal. I trust her so much and I do believe she has my back as I have hers because if you are in a, in a partnership in real estate that when you know what's the the say like when it comes down to shovel yeah rubber brings the road whatever that is you, that's when you know the road with the shovel that's when you really really know what to do right so we are always looking to for for those uh, there sometimes we're like oh my gosh our last conversation we had so many things on our list and we had this conversation i was like oh geez now what <laughs> but those are necessary and and so important and i think you are on the right path with with your partner too in terms of um structure and systems in place so you don't get crazy so he doesn't get crazy what have you guys put in place yeah, so that's pretty critical. Um, when you've got 15 properties that you're working on all at the same time or eight, you know, yes. um, 
systems are the key to success. And thankfully, he's a project manager in his W-2 job. Oh, so, nice. Yes. Yeah, so it, it works well together. But we, we use Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. And we, we've created what we need, the tools we've needed to keep track of deal flow and how to actually run our numbers. And then when we actually take down a property, we've created a checklist on what we have to do every single time to stabilize that property, get it secure in terms of our crews and walking them. We've got systems for when we walk the house and then coming back, putting that scope together. So then everybody's on the same page. So these have kind of, these systems have developed as our business has unfolded. Mm-hmm. And so now we're, you know, we're working more closely to see how can we get our expenses down now? Now that we've mm-hmm. got these systems in place, now let's look at the bottom line. How do we shore that up? How can we get tighter with um, or eliminating the fat? So it helps everybody's bottom line. Um, we, when we go into every project, though, we're looking at profit first. What's our bottom line? What is our goal? And how do we meet that? So, and then we base our budget off of that. That's awesome. You know, we had interviewed another uh, just awesome, awesome woman. She's an attorney, uh, Jill Sedota, uh, Sedota, right? Am I saying her name correctly, Andressa? Jillian? Yeah, Jillian, excuse me. Yes. Having Having a moment. I can't even say a (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what kind of moment, but like a brain dead moment. But anyway, Jillian, she's a, a syndication attorney. I'll, we'll put this in the show notes of the episode. She was absolutely amazing. And she said something that you just said, I just want to highlight. because I had the same conversation with my husband this morning because he's looking at something, getting involved in something new. To know your profit and to know what your, what do we, what do we like, what is our goal with this project? And, and then knowing everything else about it, the effort it's going to take, the time it's going to take. Are we willing to put all that time and energy to make that profit as a team? Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think people, just the way, exactly the way you said it is the, how most people think. They do think, okay, what kind of profit am I going to take or make? Oh, awesome. We're going to make X dollars. But they don't do the other side of the equation to say, that's going to take like 90 hours, right? That's going to take X, Y, and Z. Okay, now are we willing to t- get that profit? And I exactly. think that's the key. And I think so, mo- so many of us just want to jump on making money sometimes that we don't really think through how much time and energy, especially as you start to get good at something. I'm not saying your first flip, uh, you know, your first few flips, your first few projects. Well, you're going to have to just put more time in that you're going to probably make. Yeah. That's, that's just called like the hard, the school of hard knocks. Not, not, right. Not. But once you start to systematize, like you said, how do we get the fat off? How do we really get more refined here? I think that's so important. And I said to him about a project we're we're looking at getting involved in. I said, yeah, that profit's great. The money is actually less important until you really know the kind of time and energy. Yeah. Um, I mean, my husband's specialty is raising money and he's, you know, getting presented with something to help with. And I said, that's great, but let's really take a big step back. How much time is that going to take? you away from what we're doing to now raise money for someone else's project. Right. And, and it's just a mm-hmm. good conversation. He's like, it's a good point versus what money am I going to make? That's, mm-hmm. heavy. Right. that's, that's not right. the right approach. It's both. You have. To yeah. Work. Because when, once you divide the profit by the hours you're invested, yeah. Yeah. the result is that, you know, that's you what you're going to get. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and I think that's so important, especially on active projects. You're not passive. Passive is awesome, right? You're just <laughs> lending people money or investing sure. in projects. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal for all of us. But if right. you're active, whether it's multifamily, whether it's flipping, whether it's wholesaling, there are active parts to all those pieces, all those businesses and all those ventures. Okay. So it's like, how much time am we getting? And that's our new approach. Even when we get into new projects, like what's the opportunity here? Okay. All right. That's we're willing. We're not doing it if it's less than this. You know, I think right. you're going to put a lot of effort into it. Like most of us, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a book out called profit first. And yeah. I've heard of this. I, I actually know yeah. that gentleman, Mike McCallowitz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Many moons ago, uh, we were, uh, he was a client of mine when I did consulting, but long story short, I just noticed that wow. on uh, Amazon, but yeah, what's your, been your experience? I, I, I was like, Ooh, that looks like a great one. Well, I like that um, he talks about how he became really, re I mean, he had some great success stories with some jobs that are some businesses that he built, but then he thought that he had the golden touch and then he bought all these other companies and then they failed mm -hmm. and he realized, wow, there's so many companies that go out of business because they think that if you just keep trying, you just keep trying instead of really focusing on the bottom line first, what's the goal? and then work backwards. So it's the whole, what are we going to make? Is it worth our time? And then let's build backwards. So the whole profit first has been really, really um, valuable whenever you do any project. So I love that because, you know, as women, I think we, some, I can speak just personally, but as, as a woman, I could definitely, I, I always like generalize like every woman in the world. I know that we don't often think of like the result first. We think about our effort or helping, right? There's other things that may come up. So, mm -hmm. you know, in this business, that's really important, you know, especially if it's a business, mm -hmm. right? It becomes yes. critical. So, um, and I know you have a really, well, oh, sorry. Well, Liz, I was going to say your time becomes more and more precious the older you get. And yes. as I, as I cross the 50 boundary, and oh, I, like that. I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like a hurdle. And so I have less time ahead of me. And so my time has gotten exponentially more valuable. Mm. So everything I do, including get, getting together with friends or going to a meeting, I put a value on that. And I need to weigh every decision I make now. Yes. Um, and I'm not going to attend something just to be there. Because and like I used to do when I was in my thirties, I would show up because I didn't want people to judge me, you know, now I'm like, no, I, I have different priorities and values and, and I wished I would have figured that out a lot sooner in life. So. Wow. I love that. Powerful. Yeah, it is powerful because you're, you know, if you're going to, if you need, if you want someone to value your time and you don't value it, that just doesn't work. Right. And I love that, you know. Um, and I know you raised four kids and I know you just recently connected with your biological mom and dad, Yeah, which is Crazy. super amazing. You have to tell us that just because that's part of your story, right? That's part of the time that you're trying to protect. So yeah, it's all related to that, the that time. Journey. It is. So my dad, my adoptive dad was what I call my balcony person. I don't know if you've read that book. But we all have these cheerleaders in our life that encourage us, inspire us. And my adoptive dad was that person. And he passed away two years ago. 
And the gift my mom gave me was an envelope that had my biological last name on it. Oh my God, I'm chills right now. Yeah. So I did 23andMe and I did Ancestry.com. And um, I had done that just about a year before my dad had passed, just because I was curious. I was hitting the 50 mark and I just thought, you know, I need to know, do I have any health concerns or in my genetics that I should be aware of? So anyway, I didn't get anywhere on my own, but when my mom gave me the gift of this envelope, I was fortunate enough to have my last name. So I gave it to somebody that was in my bloodline that was third or fourth cousin removed. And she said that she would figure it out. And I just thought, Oh, "Oh, that's so nice of her. I'm sure she probably won't. Well, she did. And she sent me my mom's name and she said, Oh, by the way, they got married three months after were given up for adoption. And Oh, by the way, you have siblings. Mm. And a year after I was born, I, they gave birth to my brother. And then there was an 11 year gap and they gave birth to another boy and then another three year gap. And they gave birth to my sister whom I'm going on a hiking trip with tomorrow. Oh my and gosh. it's it's been such a beautiful <gasps> gift that has been given to me that I all of a sudden have this beautiful family and they've been waiting for me to find them for 20 years. Oh, wow. My siblings have known about me. Hi. So I'm just I'm just so blessed. I have the most I'm just so grateful. You know, my life's per- pretty perfect at this point in life. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else is icing on the cake for me. Oh my God. That you are, have been, you are, again, I think it's your energy. It's your way of being. It's yeah. Part of this, you know, it's a huge part of this. It's really the entry. Um, my husband reconnected with his same, similar, but in his twenties, his parents told him he was adopted oh. and this and that he connected with his two sisters. They were in their teens and it, it was just an interesting unfolding of, you know, and they're, they're like wow. my sister-in-laws. Yeah. We, you know, they're, they're my um, son's uh, godmother is one of them. So, wow. you know, it just goes to show you that really anything's possible. Um, but it started with your parents, like this love, and they have to be the most accepting, loving people, just like my in-laws. Yeah, um, yeah, like, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it starts yeah. there, you know, because if they're yeah. close off, there's no way they're going to be supportive, right, of, of their adopted child looking for their other family. So, um, but yeah, it's really- Well, cool. out of race. Yeah, out of respect for my father, I just never searched. Yeah. But like I said, as I was pr- approaching that halfway mark in my life, I thought, you know, I, I need to know just from a health perspective. So anyway, yeah. I never shared anything with him because I really didn't find anything worth sharing anyway. So it really didn't matter. I think your story is really awesome for the, for the women listening. It, you know, whether you're starting out, you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, whatever, wherever you are, there's always this opportunity to go, okay, these are my goals. How do I get there? So what was really cool about your, your story too, Jennifer, is you're like, okay, how do I scale this? Because I know time is limited. Yeah. I don't, don't want to have five years to figure this out, you know, or whatever it takes to, 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 perf- you know, to really systematize this and grow this thing. How do I get there and do it in the right you know, not just like, oh, I'm going to go out and do this overnight, but you did it very strategically and you did it very mindfully. And I think the woman listening, we all can relate that because we're all trying something on new potentially. Mm-hmm. How yes. do we do this and do it a little, you know, simpler, efficiently, 
easier so we have the time we want to keep being with the, the new family or the existing family that we have, like in your case, you know, now you have more family. You have four kids, you have a husband. Now you have this whole new family. You want to spend time with them, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, go on hikes. So very cool, very cool stuff. Yeah. Jennifer, yeah. the ladies listening, um, your story was really moving. Uh, where can they learn more about you? I know we didn't go there, but I know you and your partner, Mandy, who's a, a co-host for one of our um, investor meetups in Chicago, who's a, another great rock star uh, person yes. I met earlier in the year. Love she, her. She's a dynamo when I met her and then um, she connected us to you. But I know you're involved with other multifamily ventures and a lot of other cool things we didn't get to uh, today. So where can the ladies listening kind of connect with you, learn more about you and, and um, reach out to you if they're interested? Yeah, well, um, they can reach out to me at jbarner, so B as in boy, A-R-N-E-R dot zero six at gmail.com. Um, I do have a website. It's Lighthouse Ventures with an S, kc.com. So that's another way they can just send me a quick note through that and it'll get to me. So either one of those. Awesome. And all this information you will find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Jennifer, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? That is a tough one. I'm going to say the slight edge. We all have these peaks and valleys in our life and we wonder why, why? And Jeff Olson goes into, if we would just keep on this, the things, the little things in our life that have take us to success and never stop, we won't have to keep beating ourselves up every day for, gosh, why didn't I, why didn't I stop eating that cheesecake? I know I'm not supposed to eat cheesecake, you know, whatever it is, right? So it's just keep on keeping on and being good to yourself and treating yourself valuable. So um, The Slight Edge and Atomic Habits, they're, they're two of my favorite books. Yes. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, the second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Wow. Um, I have a very strong prayer life and I love to work out. And I think both of those together create a, a good atmosphere to have a good mindset. And I couldn't have a balanced life without them. They've really helped enrich my life. And because of that, I'm able to enrich my children's life. Um, cause at the end of the day, none of it matters if, your family doesn't love you and appreciate you. Yeah. I feel inspired by you. So absolutely. And the last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Ooh, you, Liz, you mentioned Mel Robbins. Love her story. Yeah. Um, I also like, uh, Oh my gosh, Rachel Hollis. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, wash your mouth or what is it? Wash wash your face or you know uh, what I'm wash something. oh my god escaping me as well but yeah wash something i think it's wash yeah face. yeah girl wash your face um anyway and she's got a new one as well but you know it's just it's great to see women say accept who you are and you don't have to give it all up for your family and that's one thing we didn't touch on but I gave everything up for my children and I'm so thankful that we were financially blessed to be able to do that. 
but I don't think you have to do that in real estate. I think you can have it all. I think you can raise a family and do real estate at the same time. And I would encourage every woman out there that's listening to not give it up. Don't wait until you're my age to decide this is the time because you can do it all at the same time. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on our show. Love your story. Love your where you're headed, where you're going. Just your way of being is really, really inspiring and very, very real and authentic. So thank you. Thanks for showing thank you know, you. your path and where to come. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And a big shout out to my girlfriend, Mandy, for uh, making this possible. I love her to death. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jennifer. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.